The following elective was recorded live at the 2023 Fly Convention. Portions were cut due to technical issues. All right, guys, thanks for coming. Really glad you're here. And yeah, it's our last day here at Fly. I hope that, um, that you really have an awesome day. As we start here, I just wanted to open us in prayer. So if you pray with me. Dear God, I thank you that you have allowed us to be here at Fly and that you have ordained for us to be here, to be inspired by you, to see you as the God who created us and the God who loves us, who restores us. I pray that you would continue your work of restor restoration in all of us and that you would use us to work beauty in this world that you've created. I just pray that you would inspire us through this time and that you would help us to know that you have truly called us to serve you with our gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So um, just getting started here. I um, wanted, we're here to take a look at creative arts and how we can use our gifts for God's glory. So we're going to take a deep dive in some of these questions that you probably already read in the book. We'll talk about why we create, uh, what the Bible has to say about that, and then talk about some practical ways that um, we can um, develop as artists. So first, a little bit about me. My name is Monica Coyle. My husband is Pastor Andy Coyle from Rapid City, South Dakota. And uh, Pastor Osher talked last night a little bit about vocation, and I think it's fitting to say first, I'm a mom. And I think it's uh, an amazing thing to value as, as a role in life, and I'm thankful that I can do that along with um, the other things. But yeah, I love being a mom. So six kids, three of them are here this week. Uh, in terms of ministry, I've been involved with home missions, church planting, so in the past seven years in Rapid City, we've been doing church planting, and then before that, we're, we lived in Ukraine for four years uh, doing mission work. And communications, uh, so, uh, something I love. Went to FLBC, after that went to University of Northwestern in, um, in St. Paul, studied communications and public relations, and the past seven years, I've been doing digital media and website design. I have a freelance business on the side that is my creative outlet, so I totally understand these creative um, uh, passions and gifts that all of us have, and I know they're all different. And so as we learn more about um, what we're going to dive into today, I want to hear about your things that you like to create. What kind of art do you like to create? What? Tell me about um, the types of art that you do, your creative arts. Someone want to just popcorn it out? What do you like to do? Okay. Yeah, cartoon illustrations. Okay, I love it. Uh, I like fancy drawings because I'm now trying to create a book, so I'm creating creatures like in the book. There you go. I love that. Okay, more illustrating specifically. Yeah? Sorry? World building. Okay. Can you tell me more about that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Love that. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like creating like scenic views and those sort of stuff. Mm hmm. Okay. Drawing, painting. Painting, drawing. Painting. Okay. Sure. Hi. Uh, illustration, like character design, writing, and songwriting. Wow. I love all those things. That's awesome. I also like realistic drawing. Okay, realistic drawing. Any musicians out here? I'm a Yeah, okay. What kind? Band? I'm a band. Yeah? Nice, okay, that kind of band. Yeah. Good. Like it? 
We have instrumentalists here. Yeah, okay, good. Theater, drama, yeah, good. All right, what else? Yep. Yeah. Uh, dance. Yeah, dance, all right. How about techies? Where are my techies? Yeah, tell me. I make films and movies. Okay, good. Yeah, you guys in the black here? Yeah, got it. Videography. Mm-hmm. Any more? You in the pink? Oh, photography. Photography. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, so many different things. I think it just keeps expanding. On the other elective I heard, um, like, drawing, or creating with art, some spray painting. What about you, Anna? I like drawing with pencil. Pencil drawing, okay. How about writing? Reading, yeah, I love that too. Well, whether whatever form of art that we're creating, I think that we can all share a similar feeling. Like when you are doing the specific type of creative arts that makes you happy, um, or I just, can you tell me why you do it? Like what inclines you to spend your time doing that? Is there a reward that you get or a feeling that you get? Being a creator, yeah? Um, I love doing theater because first of all, it's fun to act out something else than other other than real life and in front of a big audience and making them feel yeah. You make a lot of friends. You make a lot of I think you're, you're impacting other people by what you do, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I yeah. Um, I think almost every creative art medium can be tied back to stories which just kind of relates to the like the human experience. You learn about people, mm -hmm. you uh, Sometimes people express themselves and share things through their creative hobbies, and you can also learn a lot about people, and so like you can learn through creative arts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, when I dance, it's kind of like a way to de-stress and get all the ideas up. Okay. And then it's also like it's something for people to watch and get inspired. Sure. Okay. So we can do it for personal expression, but it also impacts others. Yeah, I love that storytelling element. That's great. Yeah? I like adding something to the world. Yes. Yeah, we're called to create. Thank you. Yeah, and let's, let's talk about that. So uh, we are made to create. We're going to talk about our creator, God, his identity. And we've kind of delved into this this week, right? So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but it is really foundational for why we need to set up our why for all of these things, right? So the first look at God as our creator, the first uh, verse of the Bible, anyone going to say it for me? Genesis 1-1. That's right, God created. And he, when he first begins to tell us about himself, he tells us he's creative. Creativity is the first attribute of God, and he made men and women and all of us as the capstone of his creation in his image. So we were created to be like him, and he gave us talent and inspiration. He, as our creative God, is so powerful and majestic. In Job 28, he, we, we can read about how God created the entire world and all his majesty and his huge, awesome majestic and powerful ways. And then in Psalm 139, we see how intimately and small he cares about each one of us 
individually. Okay, so he's, his, as our creator, it is just amazing of how he cares for us in that way. And then our identity, so let's tie that to our identity. He calls us in Ephesians 2.10, his handiwork, uh, that he, we are created to uh, do things that he's called us to do. He's prepared works in, in advance for us to do. And he, so he gives us his creativity, he gives us his Holy Spirit, and he calls us to be used by him. And uh, Pastor Ozier mentioned that last night, right? We're created for good work. So this really, Ephesians 2.10 comes in just perfectly after that. And we know that we are called to, um, to, do, to join him in that. So as believers, when we trust in Jesus you know for sure that he's given you a job to do. And he has specific things that he's called each of you and me to do, okay? And so image bearers, that's the first one. We are called to create life and beauty. And so when we talk about beauty, I just want to clarify that. We often think um, in our American culture right now that beauty is this skin deep type of perspective that we're talking about. Uh, But in the Bible, it is not like that. And there are some Bible verses that tell us about that, like how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. In that situation, do you think it's the feet that are so beautiful? Literally, like someone's feet are so beautiful? Do you think they had pedicures back then (laughs) in the time of Isaiah? I don't think so. It's something intrinsically beautiful about the message that they're carrying, a quality to the gospel message that brings joy and freedom to those who hear it. So when we're talking about beauty as it relates to art, remember that it's not aesthetics in the, term, in the sense of um, what we think of um, in the very shallow definition of beauty. It refers to substance. I wanted to read you this um, tiny little section here from a blog post from... Um, I can tell you in a minute here. In the context of American culture, beauty tends to function at the level of decoration, of a prettiness that's merely skin deep. The word itself conjures up images images of fashion, cosmetics, and interior design, not, most emphatically not, the world of Christian belief. Aesthetics has to do with the surface of things as opposed to their substance. But this isn't in keeping with the biblical witness. In the passage about Isaiah, it places beauty in a constellation with glory, justice, and strength. The diadem of beauty is a radiant, visible expression of God's own self-gift. To leave this out would be to limit our knowledge of God. Okay, so beauty is a majestic thing that we are looking in all that we do. God calls us and inspires us to share that beauty with others. So as Christians, don't you agree? Like, this is an important thing. Yeah, we have an important calling. So whenever you're tempted to think like, yeah, I just do this or that, like, no, God has a journey for you as you... Um, as he develops these skills and gifts in us. And we need to remember that these things grow over time. We're not like born with an innate sense to do something perfectly. It develops. And so we give ourselves grace and we keep seeking to grow those gifts God has given us. Uh, Restorers. We are kingdom restorers called to join Christ in restoring a broken world to him. And so can you tell me, think about how you see in our culture today ways that don't glorify God. Okay, so naturally apart from Christ, when the world creates new things, like um, in, in, a, in a way that doesn't show the light of Christ, do you see that prevalence right now? Like, just give me some ways that you see trends. A lot of rap culture. Okay, rap culture. Yeah. yeah. The film industry is rapidly 
Okay, film industry, you can see a lot of trends, themes, messages, like very strong, very apparent. TikTok, yeah, okay, it's a medium, it's a platform for a lot of messages, and yeah, we see, we see a lot of darkness there. Anybody else? Yeah. I think like in the modern arts uh, sphere, you see a lot of artists who are declaring how they see reality, and they aren't, they aren't declaring a solution. They're just making observations, whereas mm -hmm. previously a lot of the arts would <coughs> say, this is how things are, this is how we can work in them. Thank you, yes. I think everyone is trying to make sense of this world. And we're trying to put the pieces together. And apart from Christ, this picture isn't coming together very clearly. It's a dark picture. It's not pointing anywhere good. It's a, it's a downward spiral. Uh, but it's this you know, competition of who can send out these messages to become the most dominant, right? To have the most followers, to be the influencers. And we as Christians, we are called to be influencers in our own ways. I'm not saying it's like a social media version of influencers, but you using the gifts that God has given you, we're called, we, we need to use them because it's like being in a dark room with, a, with no candle. Like we have these gifts and God is calling us to use them. I like this quote here from C.S. Lewis. He says, for they, being art and music, are not the thing itself. They are only the scent of a flower we have not yet found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have not yet visited. So it, it, it's important that we're pointing towards something. And what was that quote? What was the ultimate goal we're pointing towards? A country we have not yet visited. Heaven. Yeah, we're pointing towards something deep and eternal and real. And we're here today because those things are real. They impact our life. Like, as believers, we're looking toward that eternal reality of heaven. But there's, there's heaven and hell. And we have this beautiful story of Christ that we are declaring. Light bearers, uh, we are called to proclaim the gospel. It is light, the light of the gospel, of the glory of God. So we can give a reason that, for the hope that we have. And we'll get to it. It'll look different in all the different spheres that we communicate and express ourselves. And it'll look different and may not use words. But we know that um, it has an impact. And worshipers, we're called to glorify God and extol his goodness. We're worshiping something not ourselves. We're pointing to something outside ourselves. And we're trying to answer that question that this whole world has. Why are we here? What does it matter? So as we look at that, we're going to look at what the Bible has to say um, about design specifically in terms of this example of Bezalel, okay? Is design, is beauty important to God? Does it, does it have value to him? It does. And so as we, I'm going to read you two verses from Exodus 36, verses 1 and 2. Bezalel and Oholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord had put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in the accordance with all the Lord has commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Oholiab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come and do the work. So the work they're talking about is the building of the tabernacle. In the Old Testament, here in Exodus, Moses and all the people are ready to build this tabernacle for God. And so God gives his directions and he calls these people to help. And Bezalel was the, the guy in charge, okay? But what I think is so important for us to remember is that he wasn't a prophet, 
okay? He wasn't a priest, he wasn't a king, but he was called to do a really important thing for God's people, for the community of God, like for the believers, for that great congregation, right? And so he did this. God gave him the skill, and he built the, um, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant. If you want to read Exodus 36 through 39, it tells you in very great detail all of the things that they made and all of the amazing resources that they had to do it. They used a lot of gold and um, costly fabrics and gems. And there was no expense that was spared for God's tabernacle. And uh, as we do this, we can see that he did it with excellence. He did not... Uh, one, the, one of the best things I see in this example is that he did it exactly as Moses commanded. Sometimes you look at the, the instructions for the tabernacle and it's like, whoa, I'm going to read it a little faster because it's very specific, right? But he took that job very seriously and God helped him do it. And uh, he did it for God's glory. Quite a thing to have on your resume. But we can learn from this a lot of things. Let's just take away the idea of beauty and the value of beauty, um, do you see, I mean, just from this example, what do you think God thinks about beauty? Especially within the church. What, do, what does the phys- beauty of a physical structure say about God? He gave us the power to do it. He what? He gave us the power to do it. He gave us the power to do it, right? And it, it in this type of beauty, it points to God and it it is a great way to worship him. It helps us to see him in the way that he is, this holy, majestic God. It gives him all the praise. So as you think of that, think of people like Bezalel, who creators throughout the centuries, go back lots of centuries. Can you think of a a designer, a creator, a composer, writer, an um, artist whose work has lasted throughout their life, like beyond their lifetime? Okay. Beethoven. Beethoven. Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Both some writers, yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Who are you thinking of? Sorry? Michelangelo. C.S. Lewis, right. What do you got, Anna? Turin for Lewis. Okay. Tolkien. Uh, we can think of... Lots of others. Hymn writers, right? Their work has lasted a long time. But the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. Right? And it transcends cultures, time periods. Mm-hmm. It never changes. So there are these essential, intrinsic qualities of beauty that are really important. And that those are defined by God. Even if you think about Bach and some of the mathematical or the order of what he has done, it, it isn't even specific to Christianity. It, it just, in a terms of, like, culture doesn't see it that way. But it's, uh, it is an expression of God. It gives glory to him. All of, uh, one person from the Tuesday one uh, referenced Handel's Messiah. Like, you don't have to be a Christian to appreciate the beauty that is in that. And I'm, I just think that there's no contest. We can always appreciate the beauty that, that God has and that he puts through other people. So as we learn from Bezalel, just wrapping up before we move on to the next part, uh, we can learn to be ready and willing to use our gifts when he calls us to know that, that, that he, we just to live in that anticipation of being used, not to think that you're not important, 
or that what you do might not be important. But always remember that God is growing you and using you along the way. And he has great plans for the things that he wants us to do. He's the one who calls us. He's the one who empowers us. And in the end, we give that glory back to God and we praise him with it. So how does that affect us for today? Let's get specific about our art and how do we cultivate um, ourselves as artists, as creatives? How can we grow in that, right? And how can we have a solid uh, foundation for um, all of the phases, the stages, the growth and the development that you're gonna have as you cultivate those gifts. The first one that I have here is let Christ capture your imagination. I love this one because as creators, we always have to ask ourselves, like, what are we creating? What's the heart behind it? What's the message? You, if you're a writer, you might know writer's block where you sit down and to think, then nothing happens. Or you might be really well-versed in the specifics of building characters and creating all these structures, but um, what's the content? What, what truths are we sharing? And, and this is uh, how it comes down to Christ. When he is the one that we love most, when he's the thing that makes us go, wow, the thing, when we make him number one in our lives, our, when our affections truly are on him, it transforms how we see the world and how he uses us. Uh, a good book I'd recommend for that is You Are What You Love. I really appreciated that book. It really challenged how I see things and it, um, how, I'm putting Christ, what, how I'm putting Christ in my life. Uh, here's a C.S. Lewis quote for this. A man whose life has been transformed by Christ cannot help but have his worldview show through. So remember, as an artist, whatever your pl platform you're using, it may not even involve words, but your worldview really does matter. Create as a form of worship. I love this. I, when you're talking about self-expression or serving uh, in any way, it could be um, a volunteer capacity or for church, uh, just remember that we can create and worship God at the same time. We can think of Solomon's temple where Hiram, the king of Tyre, gave only the best things, you know, they traded, but you could see the value of all these things that God needed, or they needed for God's temple, like the value was immense. So we create the same way for God, like we give him our best and uh, we do it for him, whether it's a paid project right now or someday or not, like we can still create for him. And we change culture through it, right? The way, I, I think someone mentioned it earlier, but we're adding, we're creating something that can be added uh, to this culture. Here's a quote here from writer, musician, and filmmaker Andy Crouch. He contends that the only way to change culture is to make more of it, okay? So when you think, oh, it's really dark out there, like everything is getting wonky and there's nothing to watch when you go to the movies or like the radio is terrible, like that's our calling. We are needed there and we are called to create. Uh, creative excellence matters. This is a point here I wanted to pull out, but in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, it, Paul, the Apostle Paul tells us to think about what's right and true and pure and excellent. And that word excellence, I found, uh, the Greek word is translated um, at that time for Greeks. It really encompassed the qualities of beauty, strength, courage, intelligence, effectiveness, the fulfillment of a potential, the thing designed to be the best it could be. So, Excellence matters. And when we are, um, we'll, we'll come back to this too because I think it's con connected to that propensity to be a perfectionist, which 
can pull us down too. So we'll, we'll come back and talk about that. But it is, that is our goal that we're looking at. And Christ is the one who gets us there. We recognize Christ as the inspirer, the one who inspires us. Literally, that word means to impart a truth or idea to someone, the Holy Spirit breathing life into us, okay? So when you think about uh, how the message that you would say or the words that you're gonna use or the ideas that you're imparting, it, those, every good and perfect gift comes from God and he's the one who inspires us. That gets us through the low times, gets us through the good times. And ultimately, it keeps us grounded in that healthy place of knowing that we do this for God and we do it because of God. Uh, courageously live out your calling. And I know that these texts, I'm thinking of Daniel and of Esther in the Old Testament. And those stories apply to a lot of different contexts. But I, I think that even as, as we seek to share the messages that God has given us, or the message, right? The story of salvation and the gospel. Uh, this message is not as welcome. It's, we're, we're, it's not uh, in this culture today. It's not always as acceptable, right? To, uh, to share the gospel in that way. We feel maybe intimidated by it. But these teenagers were living in a culture that was not their own. They were foreigners. And yet they stood in a way, they did not become like their culture. They, they were set apart. And it was their set apartness that allowed God to work mightily through them. So don't feel like you need to just blend into the background. Can you imagine a watercolor painting, right? And like there's supposed to be color in it, but everything just blends into shades of gray and black and dark. Like that is missing something. And it's missing the color that you are gonna bring through whatever it is that God keeps working in you, that is the color and the brightness and the beauty that God will work through you. So remember that we all are um, creation restorers together. All right, next two parts is how does art influence us and then how does it influence others, okay? And so this first part, how does it influence us? Consider our motivation. I think as creators, you can think of the times that you're sitting down to create, or often maybe if there are themes, you know, are you creating from an emotional space that that feels like it's defined in a certain way, right? If you're expressing yourself, are you feeling, does that come from angst or feeling anxious or angry and you're working those feelings out? You know, God can work through that. He, he certainly meets us there. Just be, Just kind of think about it for yourself. How... How, what is my emotional space when I'm creating? Okay. Uh, we remember that it is God who, who meets us there and inspires us. And then we recognize that it's God's work, that he breathes life through his spirit. In those times too, especially, I think it's important to, to remember that it's a time when Christ meets us. We can worship him. And, um, and when you think like it's in response to what he's done, but we can also just receive his ministering work to us where we feel his presence, uh, we can read his word and, and know what he's telling us, and uh, we can recognize that his Holy Spirit is ministering to us in that time. Also, when it's not inspiring, this is kind of like not exciting to talk about, but it's important to know because sometimes we get stuck, like Anna was saying she likes to write, but sometimes gets stuck at that first chapter. I know she's going to be a great writer, like her mom, but 
it is important to remember that we feel stuck sometimes. Is something so deflating? As a web de website designer, there have been lots of times where I think, oh, this just isn't working out. Like, I think I maybe I'm not even supposed to do this. This is, or I'll work on a couple of um, concepts for a, or a homepage for or like a mock-up process, and it's just like it's not coming. And yet, uh, I know I have to finish the project. And God eventually like gets it together, and we get enough to work with, and then it, then it comes to life. But don't give up when that first part is hard or when you're not finding that inspiration. Because you know what? Not every idea is a good one. And we just toss it out. Don't let it crowd you. When you feel that perfectionism coming, coming in and you feel limited, like this has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it. Has anyone ever felt like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a part of it. It's a part of it. And just remember that it's a good thing to care about that, to want excellence. And we just lean into the Lord. We lean into him. He's going to give us the ideas. And if, or if not, we'll just try it again. But don't stop trying. And remember that um, sometimes it's better to just, when you get to the end of a process, just save that perfectionism for the end in your editing process. But when you're brainstorming, just leave it wide open and um, don't feel stifled. All right, how are art influences others? Okay, now this is where it's just good to think about it and just tuck it some things in the back of your mind or if you have questions, um, I'm gonna try to save some time at the end here. So we have 10 minutes. All right, so we're going back to creating as personal expression. Before you share it with others, we have a revision phase. We're gonna accept feedback. This is hard, right? It's really hard. I remember one time I was writing curriculum for an English Bible camp in Ukraine, and it was the first time I'd ever done it. I'd done the camp several times, so I thought, oh, this is great. And I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it, and we got to the end, and I sent it off to our guy who was doing it, and he emailed it back to me the next day with all of these things I needed to fix. And I was just crushed because it wasn't on my radar. Like, I was just so busy, like, oh, we have to leave for the trip soon. And, um, and it was all, like, really good stuff I needed to fix or even just like formatting, you know. But at the moment, I felt so crushed. And yeah, when you put your heart into something and someone else's feedback could literally crush it, that is a big deal. So it's worth thinking about. It's worth thinking about how we're going to handle these things. And you know what? Not everyone's voice is going to matter. You need to determine ahead of time whose voice is going to matter. Wrestling with hard things. This is good, okay? Don't be scared of talking about hard things because when we need to declare the gospel, it's usually in the context of hard things, right? Darkness. And there's a way to point that out um, when we're talking about really sensitive issues, personal issues. Um, you know, I have seen and you have seen probably a lot on social media or different platforms where people are sharing their worldview. They're sharing their personal identity story or maybe it's something like, um, with their gender and their personal identity that they're struggling through and they're expressing, um, expressing this in one way. But as believers, remember, we're pointing to Christ. So when we're talking about these sensitive issues, we remember we have respect and compassion for people who've gone through that. And we don't have to be all like rainbows and sunshine and bunnies. We don't have to put these platitudes on it or 
cliches and feel like we're obligated to say that everything's going to be okay. You know, we can say, we can be genuine and um, we can just say, God will redeem this. He will restore it even though we don't see it yet. Okay. It's just great. Um, but remember it, it's sometimes hard. Like we can just get stuck with sharing that pain point, but remember point to the solution. Don't be ever afraid to point to the solution who's Christ. And then before you hit post, because social media always connects in some way, shape or form to what you're doing, or maybe it doesn't. And that's a good thing, but I'm just assuming that at some point it will. And so let's just talk about how we're going to influence others. Okay, so if we have something real deep and personal, we need to really think, do I want the whole world to know about this? What kind of pressure is it going to put on me if I share this in this context? Uh, whose praise am I craving? Am I really, why do I, do I even need to do this? Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, I need to ask myself that a lot. Am I creating for the audience of one? Um, or am I really looking for that at a girl? Like I just need someone to realize all the detail I put into this, all of the hours. I want someone to just see that tiny angle that I labored over and to say, Oh, I saw it. That was great. And you know what? There's a part of that as human natural. It's normal, but just it's like that self-check. I think for me, it's going to be my whole life. Whose praise am I craving? And also if I don't get that reward that I'm looking for, is it going to crush me? If nobody responds to this, how would that affect me? Okay. Remember our identity is not from the things that we do or our success. It's because the Lord has made us his. And I found a healthy place for me to, to be is just to submit it to the Lord first. And then whatever the result is, it's fine. It's not always as easy as that, but it, you know, I'm sure that you'll have things that angles on that. I would love to hear how you deal with that too. All right. Uh, freedom to create according to our conscience. I think that'd be fun. We're not going to talk about it today, but even with the Supreme court recently, I am encouraged that Christians do have, um, a little more room to create according to conscience here, uh, in our, in our, in our nation. So remember, um, you're called and you're needed in that way. Um, for this next last um, bit, anybody have any questions on this part? Okay. All right. Your generation needs you. And for us adults, (laughs) our generations need us. Our voices really need to be heard. And God has created our voices. Can you imagine uh, your choir at your school? And if, if just suddenly all of these voices were muted, right? What if there are no basses, no sopranos? Like, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have problems. So remember, we really need our voices out there. All right, future careers. I wanted to point this out um, right before we're done here. When it, if you're thinking about your futures, I'm sure you've gotten the question. What are you going to be when you grow up? Or if you're getting older towards graduation or if you're in college, like what kind of career are you going to do? What, kind of, what are you going to major in? And these can be paralyzing. Uh, but just remember, like what you're called to do, it may not even exist yet. So we will um, just remember to keep developing your skills. 
Fake it till you make it is not good advice. Always keep developing your skills and get better. Take every chance you can get. So like free classes, if you're looking at digital stuff, you can ask me, I know a ton of, of those things that you can learn for free. Uh, but a lot of certifications that you can continue to get better at, whatever your angle is on creative arts. And uh, yeah, continue your learning, be inquisitive, pick up new skills and let Christ capture your imagination. Also, a really great thing is to seek a mentor. When I was at the Bible College, Ruth Gunderson was there and totally helped me with writing. I even lean on her now for different things. And it's amazing, the power of a mentor in your life. So seek that. You could get an apprenticeship somehow, follow good examples, try out your local congregation. There are a lot of ways that you could be involved in whatever it is that you do. There is a place in your church for it. And be confident. God has plans for you. And just keep, keep trusting that he is going to keep working through you. So any last questions? Nobody? All right, I'm going to pray for all of us. Dear God, I thank you for these people here that you have put your story in us and you've given us your light. And I just pray that you would continue to work in all of us, that we would uh, let you capture our imagination, that the story we tell would be about you, and that we would point people to you and the hope that we have in you. Pray that you would guard over them, protect them, and use them in their culture for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming.